Welcome to this episode of the Cloud Sourcing Storytelling Podcast. Host Julian Mitchell will be connecting you with guests from a wide range of different media genres and platforms. In today's episode, the panel is discussing how the cloud is making access to filmmaking talent and technology much more democratic. Guests include cinematographer Sarah Thomas Moffat, UK Film Festival director Murray Woodfield, and acquisition solutions specialist Alvaro Ortiz. Welcome to the Cloud Sourcing Storytelling Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cloud Sourcing Storytelling. Uh, this episode, we're talking about uh, democratizing filmmaking, which is, I think, a subject I've been writing about for about 20 years. But we're talking particularly in this episode about how the cloud promises to do that. And with us today, we have uh, Murray, Sarah, and Alvaro. Murray, uh, you're a you're in charge of a film festival, uh, a UK-based film festival, but a travelling one. Um, let me ask you: the filmmakers that you know and you and you support and you and you help through getting their content on on screen. Short filmmakers are not trying to monetize their product necessarily. They just want their product to be seen because that's that may seem strange. Um, but a lot of filmmakers uh, of short films, they want exposure. They're mainly starting off their careers, they want exposure. Those who have gone on to make, making feature films, that's a different story. They want a way of monetizing it. So the cloud might provide um, a revenue stream as well as a visual stream, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah, so indirectly they're already using the cloud whether they know it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would say so. And uh, Sarah, what what about you in your experience? I mean, you're deep into virtual production, and so the cloud is part of your everyday working life. It is in this world of virtual production, certainly between uh, you know workflows, uh, distribution to client and agency, uh, cross-pollination of a lot of co-production uh, in the you know from one country to another uh as far as like the independent world goes that is you know we can tap into that it's the cloud uh i think on a very underground level is starting to be understood but the bigger conversation is who's accessing it with what resources and that's that's the whole side on uh you know uh, the diversification of the tools today becoming more available to people so more people can make more things uh if that sort of makes sense we can expand all that sure and alvaro you work for you're a product specialist for sony could you lay out what the theory is or what's happening now with the cloud especially the sony creator cloud and and what it might mean for independent filmmakers in the next say five years I would say that in the in a traditional workflow, we used to separate a lot in the what what's going on in the camera and what's going on after. And the good thing is that that uh, frontier, that uh, that obstacle that was in the middle, which is basically the ingest, is being diluted. And it and things can be done directly from the camera, and you can do things over the camera as time passes. And, and it's uh, it's related to cameras, related to cameras, related to Cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to 
cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related to cameras related so uh, I think that the, it's not the future, it's it's here today, not as a prototype, not as a proof of concept, but as a reality that is working as of today. Maybe people understand that it started with the higher production houses, but you can do it in any range of, of production, so everybody can take advantage of that. You were talking earlier about a, a situation where your physical media becomes invisible and you could almost yeah i think you said you could almost format your card while you're uploading yeah. or after after shooting of course yeah yes yes after yeah you can you can automate the files to be uploaded and once they are in the cloud you haven't even touched the the media and once they are up there in the cloud uh, they can be easily replicated they can be easily modified by by anybody maybe you have as i was saying the the editor in Canada, the colorist in Dubai, uh, you have somebody uh, uh, creating the metadata in, in Spain. And as long as the file has been uploaded, you can, after that, format it if you are sure that that it is out there. Right. But uh, as time passes, less and less media is being touched by the, by the hands or uh, put inside a, a card reader or a laptop. I right. think that that, uh, that stage is going not to disappear, but is going to take less relevance and that typical situation in which uh, we start in saying, oh my God, I have lost it, I, whatever. Mm, I think it's, uh, it's going to have less relevance and for instance, in terms of insurance, in terms of you have shot some very special content, content that it can be even dangerous to be held in your camera can automatically be uploaded and if the bad guys grab you and tell them please remove the or delete the, the file okay you can delete it but it's already uploaded so your workflow and your way of thinking is much wider and that's it that is obviously an, an advantage it is and 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 all of that's fascinating and it, it is evolution though with that comes security so yeah. you know any given show is not going to save money by not having a data manager, et cetera, on set or insuring cards or shipping hard drives. They're actually going to spend that money on a secure network and a firewall on top of firewall and something like Perforce that, you know, Unreal is making, all those things. And if you've ever tried to log into Perforce, it's like Fort Knox. It is trying to get in. You know, and then once you're inside, the operating system inside is actually not easy for a basic user to use with an average laptop. Um, it looks easy, but 
the if the file dump is large, like seventy five gigs or more, they can't scroll around if it's in high resolution. Like there are steps. The evolution will continue to improve, but a client and agency type of person or executive producer who's flying around the place or playing with their kids and looking at stuff on their phone is not going to spend half an hour trying to log into Perforce to look at something that's happening in another country. You know, so it's there is there there is great stuff on the digital side of technology and the evolution is awesome for sharing, but up front, those producers and executives and studios are going to have to put that money down to protect that. Because if you got a card or a roll of film, you know, if you go back to film itself, you have that negative. You're the only one with that negative. And you have the magic of that. You have the content. It cannot be hacked. It cannot be, you know, um, exposed, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of, there is, with evolution and, and expansion, there is contrast, there is risk. Um, then we'll find a path through that, but there will be people that will take advantage of that. And Alvaro, what would you say to um, Murray's customers or Murray's um, film festival entries, um, the people who are just doing all they can to actually make something so they want people to see it? Do you think they should take time and think about what the future holds or or is it all about making something i i think that the the best thing that we have around us and i feel very very lucky for that is people is very talented about in in this world in this audiovisual world and my feeling is let them do what they are best in but for that for having most of the time doing what they are best in you need to have a technological substrate below the below that knowledge that can sustain and can optimize what they do. And for instance, if you think n- not about a let's say a a video creator, but an ENG, people can shoot more time with talented people, with talented uh, cameraman or camera woman, with some journalist instead of spending time in a car bringing the car from point A to point B. Related to filmmakers, I would say that uh, we shouldn't think about the cloud just as for a platform for distribution, but also as a collaborative system. It can be an ecosystem in which, for instance, you shoot something and the DIT gives his or her opinion, then the colorist can give some feedback then the editor, the producer, and everything can be much more agile because it can happen even in the same afternoon when you have been shooting in the morning. So it can be much much faster in terms of uh, decision-making and it can optimize the, 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 the talent because you can shoot more takes, you can, for instance, you can think about one planification for one shooting but then, if you have time, you can think about other uh, camera position, other lighting, other thing that can enrich your production. And that is something that the, the more you know about the, the platform you are using to optimize it, the more you can do the, that enough of actions, which are always positive, I think. All right. Murray, is there room for that kind of education in, in your festival? 
There is. And in fact, it's uh, be a very good idea. We could do an event to actually talk about that new possibility because um, most filmmakers that I meet are working, I'm not saying at an analog level, but they're working, they're slightly old school, digital old school. And the idea of, um, for instance, I'll, I'm working on a project at the moment where um, we keep sending our files to LA for, for the effects, uh, special effects person to look at and comment on how they're going to actually do the files. I'm, I'm listening to this and going, why aren't we on the cloud? And so um, I've been educated today as to how far we, I've been aware of it, but I think it's. Um, so you're physically sending, you're physically sending drives. Yeah, well, no, we're not physically sending them. We're uploading them and uh, maybe getting them off WeTransfer and that somebody's sitting with that and um, they're going to do their work. And Alvaro's contribution here today, I'm going, well, what have I been thinking? There's obviously technology I'm not using that's right here and now. So thank you, Alvaro. My pleasure. So Sarah, what would you advise Murray to do? Uh via cloud what kind of platform would you use for that i would say make two copies <laughs> keep them in separate places. even if one is on the cloud keep a hard drive somewhere you yeah know? Okay. You, you just know we don't love we don't know what the cloud will what will break the cloud you know and, and it's not to say that it won't happen and i'm i'm not uh you know i'm just playing the devil's advocate because sure. i i've been in the field a lot i've i've started it out you know, as a camera assistant, out of camera assisting in large budget TV commercials um, in Toronto way back in late 90s, early 2000. Um, and those budgets were massive, like movie sets, and it was all on film. And then I would load that film and I'll load that and tape it all up and take it to the lab. And, uh, and then I started filming documentary work, uh, started breakaway and get jobs as a cinematographer and uh, was sent all over the world. And it, and it was kind of like the little bit of, you know, film, but then it, I had an HVX 200, right, yeah. uh, camera. And uh, and that and it had a little tape cassette in the side, but it was the first model with a card. And I had to convince filmmakers that it was okay to shoot on a card. They sure. couldn't wrap their head around it. And I was like, no, I got this hard drive and a computer. I can do all this. And they were just like, what you know? I remember and being so, that person. Guilty. <laughs> you know, it takes time. It takes time for the transition of trust to happen, right? Yeah. Is, is I guess my point. And um, I, I still, even in documentaries that are being done today, if we're shooting digitally on data, uh, any card source, those field people are are out in the middle of nowhere. You usually don't have access to the internet unless you're using Starlink now. But how how long is that upload going to take? You're constantly on the move from location to location. Sometimes you don't have power for days. I've done a lot of field work, both in documentary and um, factual reality programming for people like Discovery, History Channel, where I'm literally off the grid for four months at a time. You know, And so my data in those cases was... We had a home base off grid and I would be sent out beyond that and I'd be off off grid for a week and I'd have like a Sony S900 F800 with me with enough cards or discs 
and I would shoot all that out, get back to the home base that was still off the grid, then that would start to get ingested by the home editor and then sent down with drives to a city and then ingested into that location into their um, by their post-production supervisor. And that took two weeks before they saw anything. Two to three weeks before they started seeing any of the story content. And we're all out there working away and they have no idea what's happening, right? So, you know, I know it's becoming more sophisticated. That's why we're talking about this. But it, it, it is an evolution of trust. I mean, even on those shows, I've done three seasons of Amazing Race Canada. And that Amazing Race franchise is a competition, for example. So if you're shooting digital formats now where it can be sent to the cloud using smaller lightweight cameras physically on those competition type shows, which are actually growing and very popular now, new versions of them are beyond the survivor show or, or, or happening all the time. But that, because I've worked on the inside of that, I know like we would still shoot Amazing Race Canada on Sony F800s with discs. And I was like, when I started on the show in 2017, I think, I was like, so why don't we use new cameras that are like way lighter because we're running with like 30 pound rings on our shoulder, right? For 30 days. And, and it's and they were like, no, this is the security. It goes on the disc. Nobody else has it. Nobody can, you know, download it. Nobody can ruin the security of the competition of the show. Right. And so those discs get we carry those around. We get back to a base. We give those over and they get sent to post-production. And it's all internal. They're super, super sensitive about the security of that, especially on competition. So anyway, why you know it's it's a really fascinating um, time digitally, and I think it, you know everything is possible, and the choice is going to come down to the producers and executives, not the cinematographers. It's going to come down to them and what they're willing to put into budget to secure it, and how they want to work, and the locations. Are you in a virtual production studio? Are you out in the field running after people, right? A lot of factors at play. But how do you refine that um, practice? I mean, you're saying that, you know, the F800 with discs, how, how is, through technology, how, how is that refining? And how, how do your producers take advantage of, of that refinement? Because uh, these, these shows are great. And as you say, they're getting more popular. Yeah, I think some of the newer shows might be adopting newer ways. I kind of broke away from the reality TV world right. by 2019 because I'd done so much of it. I was like, yeah, I'm not chasing people with a camera for the rest of my life. I want to sit in a studio on a dolly and tell people what to do now. So that's what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but it's it just work in a more collaborative space where I actually can use cameras like the Sony Venice 2, which I love. I've used the Sony Venice one, which is amazing, uh, you know, and just expand on that uh, collaboration. There is more opportunity to collaborate when you're working in that narrative sort of, you know, more commercial space. Um, it's so there, but to answer your question, I never understood their logic. I just understood that they wanted that security. That's how they saw that security happening for them, that there was only one negative, right? Yeah. And they had it and they had control of it physically. They could touch it. I think understanding the security of the cloud, again, is an education process for a lot of them. If they start to move into that 
so they can use more lightweight cameras because we burn out like the operators were it's military and we're tough but you know it takes a human toll for sure right Right. i mean do you actually um practice what alvaro is preaching are you are you uploading into the cloud and and is your media not as important as it used to be for some virtual production content yes uh well, we've right. been using the cloud uh, outside of that it's still data we're still using cards commercial work now you know there's not a lot of producers busy right now that can utilize these tools on a very high production scale that's just the reality that we're physically in right now now that will pass are people educating themselves right now? I know London has a very active in in the sort of education aspect of technology and meetups and such. Elsewhere in the world, Canada's kind of slow with that. Um, you know, a few things here or there, but certainly the productivity is London and, and Hollywood, Los Angeles, so a lot of productivity there for education. So I think that's it. I think now would be the time for people like Sony to really you know, pedal to the metal with that education. Uh, this is how you use the cloud. This is how we can make it adaptable and safe for you and get it into their minds that it is safe. It can be safe and we can do it successfully. And then actually have technology like Perforce and Unreal Engine and Halon and Lux Machina, those people that actually use the cloud a lot on that back end between building assets and changing control of assets from lighting to location and things like that make it user more user friendly easier for cinematographers and directors production designers to get in there and look at it and collaborate you know um, because those firewalls themselves um, do take a sign-in process the technology unless you're computer savvy you know and you know again like a producer jumping from plane to plane or something they're literally looking at stuff on their on their devices and then they're like oh it's too dark and it's like it's not dark you're standing outside trying to look at your phone you know and so that i think that needs to be That's mitigated and point. accounted for yeah. you know anyway sorry i get excited no, no about it's this good very good points you make alvaro are these some of the questions that you were getting at in amsterdam a few weeks back one of the of the typical things or conversations were pretty much related to what Sarah was was commenting that uh, uh, we need or people need to trust on on that it, it needs to be reliable and I think that a very good tip that Sarah was providing is to uh, to work the traditional way and additionally to that as as of now in the cloud way there will be a moment in which we can relay as as you were commenting, from passing to tape to to card and all that stuff, I think that in the beginning, for instance, when when we started with uh, cards, people typically came from discs, and discs are typically used for uh, storage. So you ingest and store the 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 disc with the the cards is different. You need to reuse them because mainly they are they are expensive. So now we need to to change the mindset again. But it it can be as easy as you want it to be. I mean, you can nowadays work the let's say traditional digital way, which is I have my card. It needs to be secured and in a safe uh, place and all that stuff. 
but in parallel to that, you can improve your workflow. And there will be one moment in which uh, naturally you will have migrated into that. And, and then you are totally used to, to that workflow. And, and that is one of the things that was one of the hot topics there. Uh, also uh, added to the, uh, there was a big uh, amount of conversations related to AI, to how can we integrate new, uh, really, really new technologies with uh, workflows that should be existing right now, like cloud-based themes. How can we get advantage of that? And for instance, I don't know, I don't know how to create, a, I don't know, a speech-to-text in order to get the subtitles very fast. How can we relight a scene, which is something that was a dream two years ago, and now in an editing system you can do that. So why not in the, in the scene? So there are many, let's say, gateways that can be connected to the core way to do things that definitely will help us. So, uh, for instance, you can ingest metadata because you are shooting in the, uh, I don't know, in the afternoon. Also, one thing that is changing, um, from my point of view, everything is virtual production because you can shoot exactly the same sunset during eight, year, eight, eight hours, for instance, and not only when it happens. And that is something that is evolving a lot, is being integrated, as, as Sarah said, with many cloud, um, let's say, sources of information. Maybe you want to change some scene very fastly, but you have the latest news of something that's ha that has happened in Taiwan these days, for instance. So it's evolving very fast. And the good way to think about that, like, a, let's say, like thinking like an engineer, you have a toolbox and you have things, maybe you, you don't ever use a, a screwdriver, a screwdriver but you need to know how to use it if needed. So this is the, the, the mindset that we, we need to, we are here to help. And no, not only us, I mean the other brands also, because they are doing very, very fine. But the good thing, the good thing is to provide tools to people to make their lives easier and much more comfortable. And for instance, if people, instead of spending 12 hours in a shooting uh, set, they can be eight hours and four more with their families. That is positive. And that is one of the things that, that we want to improve. And that can come from those new tools that we are providing. Okay, Murray, can I talk to you about what your filmmakers might think of? I know it's technical and I know cloud is maybe something they've, they've touched on and maybe virtual production is an unknown to them. But these things are here and arriving in sophisticated terms very quickly. So, so what, I mean, do you have an educative part of your festival for this um, kind of thing? We do, um, but we do less of it. We focus mainly on the screenings of the new works and the discussion that goes around those. I attend Cannes every year and they do a lot where they discuss the new technologies and all the new technologies actually showcase themselves there. And um, most of the filmmakers there are hungry for the knowledge. Those kind of um, aspirational filmmakers that are kind of moving with where things are happening, they're going to know about this stuff. Um, and I think the hunger is there. And um, perhaps 
the companies that provide these uh, cloud services should um, talk to film festivals like they do in Cannes and have a presence. I think that's important. The presence is the education. The skill of the filmmakers that you you know, I'm sure given the power of virtual production, even in a small way, and given the power of cloud, even in a small way, they can do amazing things with technology. It doesn't have to be amazingly expensive. There are many, many things and many sources of, of information that can help a lot. And also one of the things that we are trying to, to, to convert into is that we are not only the, the provider, we, we want to help. And one of the things that, for instance, is uh, we, we want to, to help with the, with the mindset, with, the, with what people think, is virtual production. Everybody thinks about virtual production as the, the big Mandalorian stage and all that thing. But now we are mature on those technologies, and maybe that is not needed everywhere. Maybe something like uh, what we had at IBC, which is 300 inches, something like that plus uh, uh, Unreal Engine, plus the, the typical tools, the, the, the typical tracking system and, and the camera, uh, it, can, it can pretend you to be in Tokyo, in the Sahara, in Madrid, and you don't need a very big stage because nowadays most of the productions for, for the platforms we know are short up to medium, medium or even American shots but they don't used to be very big shots, and for that you have a plate in which you can integrate your background. So uh, things are changing, I think that for good, because uh, imagine a, a, a service uh, company. They need to be very knowledgeable, but they, they also need to, to earn money. If you have only one big screen, like the Mandalorian type, you only have one production, but if, if you have a set with multiple uh, boxes, which are, I don't know, 60 uh, square meters, uh, each one, and you can have three screens, a smaller size, maybe 80% of the productions can work most of the of the footage in, in that situation. And maybe you have only a big one that is only used for big things, let's say. So, it's a technology is changing a lot, but I think that that we also need to change. And I mean, not every car is a Formula One, and that is something that we want to 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 educate about. And a good place, a good forum is obviously the the festivals. Sure. Another place to talk about is the the typical the, the film schools. That is uh, the the good thing. The, the big the big advantage of of all this is that. Everyone that is in this environment is very knowledgeable. I mean, everybody wants to know more. And if you are just shooting, you don't know just about shooting. You see a lot of movies, you see a lot of lenses, you know about sensors. And the more you know, the better professional you are. And I haven't seen in, in 16 years anybody that says, I have learned enough, I don't want to learn more. Okay. And that is and one, one basic pillar for that is the manufacturers, for instance, and we are there for that. So, so come, count on us. All right, Sarah. The message, Sarah. Can we finish with you? Um, can I just put to you that if you say 20, 25 years ago when you were starting out and you had virtual production and and cloud, what what would the kind of things 
you would do to use them, even even at the lowest level? Would you be able to enable them? Yeah, great question. Uh, I would definitely do what I'm doing now, which is actually creating my own content outside of being a cinematographer, um, producing more, you know, working with directors more, actually writing things based on tests that I shot in virtual production, actually, uh, where I, you know, where we are then teaming up and applying for Canadian funding resources to say, hey, can we develop this, you know? So I would definitely have taken advantage of those opportunities 25 years ago and 25 years ago and beyond that, they did not exist, you know? And it's, and it's not only that, it's the, you know, to, to expedite the quality and parity um, now is an interesting playing field because things are starting to level out. We still have a long way to go once you get to a certain budget. Uh, there is still this, you know, imaginary glass ceiling that happens. Um, and we're starting to break through that as women who are cinematographers specifically, which is a very, you know, as we know, male-dominated field still when you're working at studio production level. So that's where my mind is set right now. I've done Canadian studio production, but more broadcast for CBC and such. So now I want, you know, bigger, bigger ponds, bigger fish. Good for you. Um, yeah, so definitely take advantage of it. You know, do go as far as you can with it. All right, brilliant. Um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks so much, all of you, for, for coming and talking about this. It's, it's been great. It's good, good stuff. I think I've certainly learned something. And... Uh, and Murray said you've learned something too. So definitely, every day I learn something. Today I learned more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm.